1: So <laughs> i Tonight, we'll go back in time The season's pass when 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, a four-yard game, one final score that would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron grates. Welcome to Gridiron Grates Football History. It's my marbellia on the Gridiron Greats Publishing and Broadcasting Network. And we're live from the Southport, North Carolina home of Gridiron Greats Magazine. I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine. I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats Magazine is the only publication in America that focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We cover 150-plus years of football history and memorabilia Find us on the web at Magazine.com. It is at this time I'd like to introduce my co-host, a senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, of football memorabilia historian specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange and also Seattle Seahawk items, in particular Steve Larger. He hails from Portland, Oregon, Mr. Joe Squires. Joe! Welcome to the show this evening. Yes, Bob. So happy to be on.
2: So good to hear your voice and your your introduction. Every once in a while, gets We're me back. wondering. How did you come up with your introduction? Your foot, it's iconic. It's become iconic. It's right up, you know. It's right up there with, you know, just you know, football commentators. You know, touchdown, goal. You know, it's I mean, just you know, big bang, bang. <laughs> It's, it's iconic, and while you were while well, you were running through it, I'm like, how did he come up with that?
1: Many many years ago, when uh, I was on the Leatherhead, of, when we actually started the show on the Leatherheads of the Gridiron Network, uh-huh. um, they asked me, "Can you do you know want to do some sort of introduction for your show?" And I said, "Sure, I'll, I'll write up something." And at that time, I, I came up with a couple of different ideas. This one sounded the smoothest, in my opinion, when I <laughs> delivered it. And it had the touch of the nostalgia of the game. So I decided to go with that one. And, you you know, you were the actual first person who ever heard that introduction that night uh-huh. on our first show.
2: And when I introduced yes, you, I you, so it, that was
1: eight years oh, ago, God. eight, nine years ago. been a long time.
2: Good luck, with that. Yeah, I just love it. It's just it has literally just become iconic. It's just I know the I know the show's starting when I hear that introduction. It's just uh, I've joked around about getting it into a ringtone, uh, but it's it's uh, yeah the show has begun <laughs> with when Bob says football. I, I won't even do it justice. I won't even pretend. So I love it.
1: I'm A lot of people enjoy it, and then it gives that. Nostalgic feel to the show, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. And we're trying to do on the show, you know, we talk about football history, football memorabilia, yep, yep. and uh, it is, you know, we we present it in a way that it's uh, going back in time. But before we go back in time, um, we got a tale of two quarterbacks right now, with the two teams that we uh, look for. We have uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, uh, one of the uh, more wealth, wealthier man than in America after the contract he signed, <laughs> and your your quarterback for many years with the Seahawks is in uh, a, a situation where he's going to probably be on oxygen on the sidelines for most of the game, <laughs> trying to get used to the uh, the, uh, the
2: altitude over. Yeah, unbelievable. Ah, uh, I. I read about Danger Russ Russell Wilson getting traded on VFC. I forget who broke that, but I hadn't been uh, hadn't had a chance to read my news yet th- that morning, and I was like, no. And there's always the rumors about Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, brought the first Lombardi Trophy to Seattle. It's just at some point he's your guy, but you know, you know, he, I mean, he's been doing it for ten years. He's starting to lose a step, and I. Keep going back to Bill Walsh 49ers iconic coach trained many of our you know existing coaches Holmgren you know etc I mean uh, you know Seattle Seahawk great coach Mike Holmgren uh, yep. yeah that was for you Bob <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> Mike Holm, you know and uh, Bill Walsh trading Joe Montana for Super Bowl yep. later releasing Jerry Rice. At some point, you're like it's a, it's a game, and when the, the players lose talent, you know Johnny Unitas, yeah, even back in seventy two, seventy three, traded to the Chargers, you know Broadway Joe Namath, you know it's just yep. you know you know Todd Tobias's beloved Lance Allworth. you know I mean you know just you think about all these iconic players, they oh man, and it's just sad. So, I mean it, it's part of the game but you'll always think that your your, your player is different. You know, Russell Wilson. The Seahawks also released Bobby Wagner, you know. Yep. You know yep. little-known little well, future Hall of Fame linebacker.
1: The way I look at it, uh, you know, the NFL has, you know, evolved into a massive multi-billion dollar business. And it's run yep. based on business decisions rather than loyalties or anything else that goes into the game. I look at the Green Bay situation in which you are yep. basically governed governed by by a board of directors, whose only concern is basically keeping the shareholders and the fans of Green Bay happy in a in a way. So I can I can understand what they did, and I'm sure there was a lot of behind the scenes. Um, tooling to keep Rodgers there. And, again, a lot of people don't realize Favre was – Favre, when he was let go from the Packers, he was offered literally a lifetime uh, personal service contract yep. with the Packers yep. to just show up basically a few games a year or whatever the schedule was or a few, you know, uh, X amount of home games, X amount of away games be an ambassador for the Packers, and you're going to get like whatever it was. It was like $3.5 million, or was some incredible figure of money for 20 years. And you reject it because you want to play the game. You still feel you got it, yada, yada, yada. Well, okay, so he, he goes to the Jets. He shows some life yep. there. He go, goes to the Vikings. He shows some life there. But you know what? He he could have had it all and saved his body all yeah. the wear and tear for those extra seasons he played, and he still didn't win the – he didn't get that next ring, but I know he showed yeah. everybody he could still play, and that that was fine. We knew he you could still play, but what was the yeah. point of the whole like,
2: uh, extra stuff, but, You know? Wear and tear you, – you touched on one aspect of it, Captain. Saved wear and tear on his body, but also saved a reputation hit. You know,
0: Brett Favre right.
2: leaving – leaving green bay i mean that's that's an iconic player leaving an iconic team just because he thinks he has what and what did he play 2 3 years i forget but
1: you yeah, just for years, just, just three so three he years for a couple uh,
2: more years yeah yeah i think you're yeah. right but at some point it's like i mean i don't know i, I don't know how do, you, how do you feel you're a packers fan obviously the packers fan
1: well
2: how do you how do you like feel I, about aaron rodgers like I, deal where he's taking 25 percent of green bay's salary cap the
1: the way the way i look at it and like i said to you i know i said to you privately my phone lit up i mean i thought it was christmas uh the the texts that were coming in the calls that were coming in and you know i basically said to the the couple contacts i got left in green bay i said green bay had to do this to save face rogers had to do it to save face Rodgers has always always said to people, I want to play my whole career in Green Bay. Rodgers also said, I know I can win another ring. Okay, you you had the best opportunity known to mankind this past season, and you played one of the worst games of your career in in a total meltdown. The total meltdown of that team, the deer in headlights look of lefer as the as the head coach, which was so reminiscent of Mike McCarthy at the end and yeah. and and okay so now so now you played into supposedly a four year deal it's basically a two year deal it's all it's all backed up, and um I think what they did they came to an agreement, you're gonna play two years. You've got to win the Super Bowl both years. If you can't, you can't bring us there after the first season, we're going to reexamine it. And, and I think, you know, they'll just, they part ways type of thing. But they got to win the Super Bowl. There, there's no, no going back. There's no going back. So it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, again, it's the best situation and it's the worst situation that could happen. If you look at what's, what happened with your team, Seattle got so much for Wilson. Denver gave a lot away. But Pete Carroll, being being Pete Carroll, knows he could start rebuilding through the draft. He's going to have a rough season next year. And uh, he knows down the road the the team will be much better positioned to, you know, go back into the uh, playoffs and go back into the possible Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl again. So I get get it.
2: agree. There's a little bit of Herschel Walker to Minnesota sprinkled in this. My first instinct when Russell Wilson is traded is, damn it. And you, know, and, you know, because, you know, somebody brings a ring to your team, the first one ever, Bob, you, I mean, you you don't remember the first no, ring in Green Bay because you weren't born yet, but Seattle, you know, it does, isn't quite steeped in history like, you know, the pack. No, uh, no. So, I mean, that, that you know, Matt Hasselbeck, you know, took Seattle to its first Super Bowl. I will forever be grateful to him. And Russell Wilson, i mm-hmm. oh, forever be careful. So it, it's tough. There, it's nostalgia where it's like, oh, man, I can't believe they did that. Also, it's like two first-round picks and, what was it, two second-round I mean, we got a lot for yep. him, and and he's a, you know, 10-year quarterback. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, it's a business. It's tough. It's so tough. I mean, yep. and yeah, I mean, oh, well, it's uh, – but, I mean, that, you know the, the Aaron Rodgers signing does really affect the ability for the Packers to put a good team around him. And there's got to be a little bit of, right. you know, disdain in the locker room. You know, if, you know, if you can't sign good people because one person's gobbling up all that cap space.
1: Right, right. Well, I think I think what it is, what it was also too a question of they know they're going to rebuild in a few positions. They yeah. know the weakest spot they have is special teams. So they have a horrible special teams team. They had a, a yeah. bad coach. They got a much better coach now with uh, that pickup of, uh, of um, I can't even think of his name, the guy that played, uh, the coach to the Raiders there, whose name escapes me. So long story short,
0: they have
1: yeah, they have a good nucleus of coaching Now, can he create something with nothing is going to be very interesting to see. The kicking game is horrific. The returning game is horrific. So I don't know what they're going to do. If if everybody's going to be, you know, multiple position on special teams and they're going to be playing, you know, second string defense, second string offense to save money. I really don't know what they're going to do. I I don't have a a clue. That was one one question posed to me uh, through the whole process of of, uh, what a lot of people asked me. Well, how does this impact the rest of the team? I said, well, you figure it out. If his cap is going to be charged, and I'm figuring it's going to end up being charged between 35 and 40 million, not the full 46 million. So, if you're taking that much out for him, now you really got to put together, you know, some strong free agents, some strong whoever, and at the same time try to uh, put together. A, um, you know, a competitive team, one way or the other on it. So that that's that's going to be a long term fee there. To see what happens, but like I said, and, and I'm, I'm telling everybody, he has to he has to deliver a ring to Lambo next season. If he doesn't, it, you, it was not it was not you, a good move. That's what I have a, You were I, spot on. I hate on. to say it too. She, oh, I,
0: cable,
1: to say oh, it too I can't. I can't see Jordan Love unless he really comes around. I really can't see him being another star for Rogers' uh, yes. prototype coming in. I can't see it. He's a, he's a he's yep. a fair quarterback at best. He had a golden opportunity when he had to play that game. He performed. You know, a lot of excuses were made for him, but you know, man. Yep. Rogers could break break his leg on the first quarter of the first game of the season, and you're going to have to step in and you're going to have to win the game. Simple. No going back. Yep. That's it.
2: Yep. Absolutely. That's what Absolutely. So, uh, so, I mean, are you are you happy? Are you happy that Aaron Rodgers got signed? I just, Or do you think back to that, uh, you know, the number one seed team getting bounced from the playoffs at home? Well, I, I'm still livid about it. I mean, you,
1: you know, you know my feelings on it. I mean, I, I posted a lot of stuff on it. I'm just saying it was, it was probably one of the worst coached games I've ever seen, and and one yeah. of Rogers' worst games he ever played. And looked he looked totally disheveled and disinterested on the sideline. Look, uh-huh. he had no clue what he was doing. You had special teams in the biggest game they ever had to play. He looked like a, a junior college team out there, a Division three yep, team, yep, yep. and it was horrible. It was horrible. Club. I was sickening to watch. Sickening. Yeah. So anyways, I, I think I think very, very, very clearly, if they end up going back, they get the number one seed. They go back to Lambeau. If they lose again, then that's it. I don't think Rogers will be back. I don't think LaFerre would be back either, because yep. again, if I yep. was the GM, I would, I'm just going to say, hey, we're clearing house. We've got to rebuild now, and that's it. This is it. Yeah. Aaron, you did a great job. Yep. We appreciate it, but... Time to move on there. You're going to be 40. You know? That's
2: it. Couldn't, couldn't so. agree more. Yeah, it's tough. I it. wanted to bring up a couple really good auctions closed uh, during our, our interim here that I wanted to recap. Okay. If, uh, if I could have a couple moments. Sorry. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, no as problem. you know, I kind of started dipping my toe into the unopened market a couple of years ago. Uh, I just bought a Really nice wax pack display case hung at my office. I've been filling it. I was uh, sending you and a couple of the gentlemen some texts of my new office yep. artwork, wax packs, which I'm really enjoying. But some, uh, some auctions I was watching in the unopened world that ended in Heritage last week. Very rare, 1956 tops wax box. An entire box yep. of, of wax yep. packs, 56 tops, 24 packs. Nickel packs, 1956 tops, which is an iconic set, sold for $155,000. That's 186 with the buyer's premium. 186 Incredible. divided by 24. Yeah, you're looking at about seven or eight thousand dollars a pack. You can you can Incredible. pick a 56 tops nickel pack up uh, on eBay for about uh, about two thousand dollars. So I was thinking this would go for. 50 to 60, you know, because you, you could, you know, and a uh, 56 nickel pack is not rare. You could piece that together if you wanted to, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, the, yeah. the the wrapper the doesn't mention, BBC E-rapper doesn't mention if it's, you know, you know, if it's, you know, original or if it's been brought together. What's that word they use when it's, you know, just kind of packed together? It's not, you know, not from the factory. Um, I forget that whole yeah, uh, uh, Anyways. Okay.
1: Reconditioned
2: or packaged, so. Yeah, yeah, repack. Thank you. I think that's it. $186,000 yeah. for 24 packs at 1956 tops. That was a barn burner. Uh, uh, and then the other one that I was watching at Heritage, 1952 Bowman Large Nickel Pack.
1: I saw that. How yep. many nickel yep.
2: packs? How many 52 large nickel packs do you think have been graded by PSA in history?
1: Minimal. Minimal. Few of Minimal.
2: it's six, six.
1: Okay,
2: and one PSA. So the highest graded nickel pack for for fifty-two Bowman large, fifty-two Bowman large, the number one most uh, collected uh, set in in PSA from that uh, article I wrote a couple years ago, uh, and one of six nickel packs, twenty-four thousand twenty-eight eight with buyer's premium, twenty-eight thousand dollars. Wow. For a pack that seventy years ago was worth a nickel. One yep. of these days yep. we have to do some sort of investment portfolio you know, analysis where it's like, if I would have invested a dollar in nickel packs seventy years ago you know, versus a dollar in the stock market, where would it be? (laughs) It's so funny. Exactly.
1: Well, you know, you know, people people have said that to me all the time. Why didn't you put together why didn't you put away any any nickel packs? And I I'm gonna say honestly, I started putting away one pack for whatever reason back in nineteen seventy five. Because back in the eighties, late eighties, early nineties when the boom in football cards started, I naturally am getting hammered to signed out, do you have any unopened packs, do you have any unopened packs blah blah blah, and I already said I put together a, a run of tops from seventy five up to the current year one wax pack each year uh if you remember one one of the dinners at the um at the national in Baltimore, I opened up my seventy six pack there, and I did not get anything it was it was a common pack there was nothing there, okay. So, and then the the other packs I basically sold off over the years, but any in any event, I agree with you. I wondered if, in each year, rather than putting one wax pack away, if I had put to put away two or three or four wax boxes and just kept them, and yeah. then at at age age such as say age fifty five I started you know bringing them to the market, I'm sure my rate of return would have been phenomenal to say the least, especially if I started in 65, you know? So it's it's amazing, I mean, really amazing.
2: Same same could be said for me. Joe, when you were 14, why were you, you know, squirreling away 1984 tops? And the reason is because I was busy ripping them. I was busy ripping them and eating the gum. That's why. You don't really think about it at the time as this could be an investment, unless you're, you know, Fritz, but, you know, but, yeah, it's, Oh well, but I'm really enjoying my unopened wax collection lately, and just that that little display case that I I got, it was just that's the the cherry on top. I really enjoy that.
1: To me, to me, it's a, a very historical view of the hobby, and it, you know, again, I tried to I tried to do it through my wrapper collection, which I sold off oh. a few years back because I had I had done everything I I could do with the with the um, with the run. And I just didn't want to spend the money for the real key ones. So just to say that I, you know, I, I had it. I had a pretty, pretty, you know, good collection of wrappers. I had a lot of fun doing it. They were nice displays. To I took pictures of them. So you know, it, it 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 served its purpose. It did what I what I needed to do with it, and that was it. So, but in your case, an unopened pack, you have the 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 mystery of what's in the pack, and that's the coolest thing about yeah. it. an unopened wax. You know what I mean? So, uh, oh, yeah. speaking on open on open wax, that um, the local big, big lot store I was in there the other day. There's some sort of uh, uh, brand called Exquisite by Play by uh, Panini, and a pack of 20 cards. No, I'm sorry, a pack of 15 cards was $12. <laughs> so, I, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, no, this can't be. And and I'm looking at the little section there because they, got, they they have about five or six different types of cards available. They had uh, one baseball, two basketball, and the rest were the the football, the playoff football. But I never I didn't see this one before, and I'm saying no, this can't be twelve dollars for a pack of this year's cards uh, over a dollar wow. a card. It's just, it just blew my mind and I, and I should have bought a pack, but I just said, no, nah, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. This, this doesn't make any sense. Wow. For me. This is, this is not fun. This is really not fun for me. So just, that just a, put that in perspective.
2: A, yeah. Put that in perspective.
1: No, no sense. That whatsoever.
2: I was at a candy store. I sent you guys a picture. I was at a candy store in Eastern Oregon a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and they had uh, you know that big league you know chew gum, they had all this nostalgic yeah. you know stuff. And on the counter, he had one box of uh, baseball wax packs and one box of football wax packs. The football was like oh, cool. you know twenty eighteen tops. It, it was it was junk, you know. And I think the baseball mm-hmm. was like I, I forget what they were, but it was five bucks a pack. And uh, <laughs> you know you know. And I was I was like, I love that where I'm in a candy store and this candy store is huge. It's you know about two thousand square yeah. feet filled, you know, wall to wall with all that candy you loved as a kid. That the guy yeah, had the cool. wherewithal to wax yeah. back stuff. I thought it was cool. I didn't care about the price. I thought it was a genius yeah. idea and I really loved that it was a throwback. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: so, cool. Uh, that's cool. Oh unbelievable. Well anyways, uh us get into our, our show tonight, we're going to continue, in a way, what we talked about in our last show, and I and I, I thank everybody for contacting me about the show. We got a lot of uh, very positive response, and people enjoyed, listeners enjoyed uh, us talking about the 35 Chickle set, so on and so forth. So tonight, we're going to spend some time going back to the beginning, basically. We're going to look at the 1894 Mayo's. And we're going to talk a bit about the Mayos and the bridging to the 35 Chickle set. And yep. again, um, we know the Beecher card is technically the first football card. And we're going to, you know, we go back to 1888, but we're going to, we're going to try to look at sets because if I was in, uh, if I was alive in 1888 and I know I would have picked up my Beecher card somehow, there was a six-year gap of me trying to find the next rugby, soccer, slash football cards that I could collect. So I'm in the Mayo district, and I, uh, in the Mayo collecting mode, ninety four. And, again, to jog your memory, which I'm sure you remember, many, many years ago, you and I and a couple other people, we went in on a uh, bid for a partial set. And I only wanted one or two of the um they were they were s g c graded and I only wanted the ones that were twenties or thirties because that was where my set was and I looked back a little um over the past week looking at some of the prices there and i got to laugh at it because realistically what you know in your experience what's a as an s and i'm i'm gonna go by s g c because that's what i'm collecting. And they look a lot better than in the PSA holder.
0: <clears throat> What's Absolutely. an
1: SGC 20 or 20 or 30 going for today? It's probably breaking what 400 up to 500 yep. or or okay, that's what I'm triggering. Yep. So it depends on the name, the
2: if it's a PO, if it's a PO, double that or triple it. Right, right, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, or if it's uh, the infamous Dunlop card, it's whatever the market will bear. Yada yada yada, yeah. but again, we go go back to the good old days. We were picking up twenties for sixty, eighty, a hundred dollars. Oh I my date God. myself <clears throat> back in nineteen eighty eight, where I bought two ungraded ones for the for the incredible price of ten dollars each, which I thought well, I killed me when I wrote the <laughs> checkout and I mailed
2: it from an ad in F,
1: a, an ad in SCD from a a long gone New Jersey dealer. And, uh, I just said in the letter, I had called him and he said, well, I, he said, I am kind of selling them. So I said, well, listen, I'll send you the check for $20 and whatever the postage was at that time it was like $4. He was charged. I said, if you don't have, you know, I prefer any Yale ones you have, but whatever you have left, just, you know, send me two. And he said, yeah, he said, I'll do it. He says, I'm sure I'll have two left by the time I get your check. So he was nice about it. He put it on the side, blah, blah, blah. So anyways. Fast forward to twenty twenty two now. We're looking at a set that, you know, realistically is going to probably cost you graded in low grade four to five hundred a card plus the Poe plus the Dunlop if you really want to put the the set together. And the yep. Dunlop, as yep. we know, in any any condition, is going to be a very expensive card. So on and oh, so yeah. forth. Oh
2: yeah. Now we also are that. Dunlop is eight ten thousand dollars. It's an expensive card. Right, right.
1: So it's it's not if if I was starting all over again in twenty twenty two putting my run together, <clears throat> I basically would say to myself, I'm going to attempt to start at nineteen forty eight for the simple reason I it's affordable, like you get it in a lesser grade, blah blah blah. Back in the eighties, I said to myself, Well, gee, I got the my little Beckett book here. It shows the 1894 Mayos. So I'm going to try to put that together, and I'm going to put the 35 Chickle together. Remember, at that time, there's really nothing listed at all from 1894 to 1935. So it was a two-step process. You would try to find the Mayos, and then you would try to find the Chickles, and then you get to jump to the the 48 Bowman, 48 Leaf set, and actually get into a yearly run. So today it's a lot different because... We know there are different sets from 1894 to 1935, although they're not every year, and they're not mainstream, yep. and they're not necessarily professional. We still have an ability to put cards together to continue a, a theoretical run of football cards from the Beecher set, Beecher card, in 1888 all the way up to whatever year you want to stop, 1988, 98, 2008, 2022, whatever you want to do. Obviously from 18, uh, from nineteen eighty nine to twenty twenty two now um, if unless you are a multimillionaire, it's going to be difficult for you to to put together all the different sets and subsets out there.
0: So yep. realistically,
1: realistically, you know you got to pick and choose. So again, getting back to what we're saying here. You're starting out collecting. you finished your eighteen ninety four mayo set. What's your next step before the trickle knowing what's out there? I'm
2: curious. Yeah. Uh, no, I, when you broached this subject, I was like, "Now I'm curious because, I mean, if you start thinking about the ones off the top of your head, uh, I'm sure you and I would be in the same, you know, you know, would name drop the same. So I went and looked and I went to the handy dandy PSA registry. Their re- registry is a little more robust than the SGC when I found mail. Right. Obviously you mentioned 1894 mail. The next, set uh, that's listed on the PSA registry after that, the uh, 1907 Michigan Beach Postcards. Have you heard yep. of them? Okay. Yep.
1: Yes, I have. Me too. Yes, Good have. looking. I've seen
2: a couple complete sets I think sold via BST back when they were, they were there. Uh, there are zero right. sets on the PSA registry. Zero. Not even historical. Mm-hmm. It's a 15, fifteen card postcard set that uh, I I think's good looking, uh, but Michigan's obviously college, so it's got the same and and these are postcards, so it's got the same knock you're gonna get you know with the Mayo set, uh, that you know it's college it's not professional football. After that, you've got the 1909 ed, uh, you know cigarette cards. These are you know yep. animated. They they don't name a particular team. Uh, and again, it's twelve cards, uh, and it's college—Harvard, Michigan, yep. and powerhouses yep. like North Dakota. North Dakota. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So the Murad set, which is a good-looking set, I've I've collected a few, but not of value. Yep. Uh, not a, not a lot of value. And again, college. There's one registry for that 1909 Murad set. Uh, one. And then it's a okay. nice leap up to the 1925 dominion chocolate set that's on the football registry uh there are there, there's 12 cards in this set it's a really good looking set but it's canadian it's canadian football right. league
1: yep.
2: and uh, but and it's I really, a good looking I, set I, I,
1: I really never counted that because it was Canadian and it was foreign to me. And I'm saying to myself, "Well, this, this really isn't an Amer- American football." And I, always, and I always talked about that with among dealers and among collectors, especially those who were, who were pursuing it. I just said I, I have no interest. I don't even have any interest uh, as a type card type of situation. But I get it, though. You know, it's the next step up uh, when, you, when you're coming from the mirads to go into. The 20s, yep. look at that gap into 1925. So major. major.
0: Yep. Major.
2: So, uh, you know, it's not that it's Canadian. It's Toronto. Uh, it, it, you know, it's CFL. 12 cards. And, 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 and it's a candy uh, set. It's a W, you know, style.
1: Right. 12 cards.
2: Right. Uh, you know, they're strips. Two collectors that collecting that set, including someone you'll know, Carl Lamadella. Carl. The number one set, or has the number one set, which it's a good looking set, and yep. I, I've always liked it, and I, you know, it was nice to kind of go in there and re- recap it. Uh, so thanks, Carl. Uh, touch of the, you know, uh, you know, tip of the hat, to Carl, for having scans of the setup. I went through and looked at every single card, and I went, man, I, I like this set. So uh, mm-hmm. after the twenty, after twenty five, now we start getting into, you know, obviously you've got the. Our beloved 1926 Pottsville, you know, RPPC, you know, uh, that's professional. You're going to get people who are like, well, they were postcards. But back then, postcards are what you did, especially for regional stuff. Uh, Right. But all one team, so obviously local, and, uh, you know, and postcards. So that's the knock. That's not a national set. And we're talking about what's your next national set to come out. So – You've got the you know our beloved 1926 Pottsville Maroon set, which is the only set that we've had three people on the show discussing before. And in that same crowded company, you've got the 1926 uh, sports company Spalding set, and that's professional, yep. but it was a multi-sport set. Golf, horse racing, all of it. And there were only 15 football cards out of the 126 that appeared on a sheet. 16, if you include the Grange promotional. Uh, You know, the Spalding is a great set. I love it. Really good looking. Love the borders. Uh, It's got nine Hall of Famers in it, Benny Friedman, Ernie Nevers, and 10, if you include Red Grange. Uh, But, again, you know, it's a multi-sport set. We're talking about the – Specifically, a football set professional. So this is kind of yep. scratches the itch because it's professional, it's national, but you know it, it's not all football. In fact, you know just slightly over 10% of it is football. And uh, and by the way, another tip of the hat to Carl Lambadella. He's had the number one 1926 Spalding set for over 20 years. I've never seen t- two 10-year badges. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Two 10-year badges mm-hmm. for Carl. I didn't even, I didn't even assumed what would happen if you hit 20 years, like if they would come up with a 20-year badge. But no, you get two 10-year badges, which is another thing I didn't know. So tip of the to you, Carl. I love that, love that set and good for you. And then in, in that same year, 1926, you've obviously got your Red Grange. Uh, you've got your, you know, your shot wells, your ad backs, and your blank backs. But that's not an NFL. That's, you know, that, that's a specific player. You, you know, it, it's it's not a specific player. It's, you know, or it, it's right. a specific right. player. It's meant to promote a movie, not the NFL. In fact, the one card that showed him in a professional uniform, you know, uh, you know, the B version that showed him in a Grange jersey was pulled. There's only two known to exist. So that's a tough one. Yeah again doesn't quite hit it so the next step after 1926 is the 1928 star player candy uh SPC love the set but it's again multi sport there are you know SPCs of you know baseball players you know you know football you know etc uh you know and we know SPC as the ever growing master list of football players what is their 60 uh, 60 players now on the Master set for SPC. I think there's yep. more, isn't there, Bob? Yep. Uh,
1: yeah, I think Dave there's Back a
2: few had more. a huge find. Dave Back, uh, you know, fellow collector, had a huge find about uh, eight, nine years ago where somebody sold him a bunch of uncatalog- uncatalogued, uh, up to that point, cards. So it's yep. ever-growing. Uh, I would say S- the SPC set comes close because it's professional. I mean, it's got Red Grange in it. Uh so you know you know, there's a lot of football, it's professional, there it's got Hall of Famers in it, um but it's also multi sport. Uh so it's not specific NFL set, even though it had a very large NFL subset. Correct?
1: Right. 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 Uh,
2: the next step after that, nineteen twenty nine to nineteen thirty, Rogers Pete. Rogers Pete is again a multi-sport, in fact, there are only four Rogers Peets cards out of the 65, I believe. It was a very specific, it was regional, multi-sport. Uh, you know, there's one Hall of Famer in there, and that's Red Grange. Uh, and I think there's only 20 examples of that. So, it's a, you know, it's a very regional set. You had to redeem redeem cards or, you know, redeem things to get cards, et cetera. Uh, some really good articles on that. And then after that, you get yeah. into the you know the next stop yeah. after twenty nine thirty Roger Speed is the thirty three Sports King, again a very good set, but when you think of the thirty three Sports King, you think of Jim Thorpe and Red Grange. You know Jim Thorpe yeah. long yeah. retired, uh, Red Grange was still playing but barely you know had, had two years left and was you know mostly playing defense. Uh, so and you know what is there three cards? Is there a Newt Rockney the Sports King set? I think. I know. No, there's.
1: I gotta look it up. don't think off, so. Off the top
2: of my head, I yeah, don't, I don't think so. I can't remember either. Uh, those, the two bigs are the Thorpe and the Grange. So, sports king, right. mostly known right. for, you know, mostly mostly known for its baseball players. Uh, so again, multi-sport. In fact, you know, less than te- less than ten percent of it is football. And then after the thirty-three sports king, you finally make it to a nationally distributed. Football only, uh, football set the 1935 Chickle. So a long stretch, some very very good sets there: regional, national, college, Canadian. Uh, I, w- I would say between the Mayo and the 35 Chickle, the closest thing that comes to a uh, you know a you know nationally recognized set would be the. 26 Spaldings. Right. I mean, that, that, right. That's pretty close. But, yeah, quite
1: a... I got to say this. In my collecting journey, I really did not know what was there um, in the gap between the Mayos and the Chickles until probably beginning in the early 90s to the mid-90s. And then when we took over the magazine, uh, I do remember we came up with an actual uh, checklist of, the, I know John Spano worked on it and, and did most of the work on it, coming up with the actual cards that were, you know, that could be collected during that time frame. I really knew of, the, I, the only set I really knew of was the Sports Kings, and I knew that there were some football players in it. But they were so rare to me. I never, I never saw them at any show, and, and I rarely saw them ever advertised. So um, it was like a whole new world that existed from the time frame from eighteen ninety four to nineteen thirty five. Today, you got plenty of you so much information on those sets now. Even though they're very rare, in my opinion, you could still, you know, read about them, understand them, view them, see samples online of them so on and so forth so you have a a much better understanding of football card history if you choose you know to go with the beacher and then in the knock off the mayos and then move your way up to the to the trickle so for purists do you really want to collect four cards out of a set when the rest of the set is multi sport i've heard that argument over the years many many times many many times I've I've heard arguments, especially with the sports kings. Gee, I'm not going to collect it because that's a that's a multiplayer sport, and I really have no in any multiplayer set. I get it, I understand that. But then again, you know, if you just collect football and you're, you know, you want to be pure in football, you're more than happy only to collect, you know, three or four cards from a set, and that's the football part of it. So on and so forth. So with the exception, obviously, of the the Michigan and the uh, Pastown sets. Uh, which are pure and all football players there. Another subject to touch upon, getting back to what you were saying, postcards seem to be, you know, much more readily available in the collecting market for that time frame. You can get a lot of real player photo postcards of players that you have no idea who they are because they're never identified. You know what I mean? And you got the caricature ones of the Ivy League um, sets over the years. Uh, I mean, the early years, the turn of the century, 1900s, so on and so forth. That can be collectible. You have cartoon ones, so on and so forth. So those are collectible at the same time. I know one guy years ago, he just collected football postcards, whether there was a player, a stadium, or an actual game photo on it. That's all he collected. He didn't collect regular cards. And uh, I lo- I've, I've lost touch with him over the years. I don't even know if he's still alive. But he was out of New Jersey, and um, he, he would spend literally the entire weekend from, uh, you know, anywhere from Pennsylvania, Maryland, all the way up to Maine, searching at shows, antique shops, so on and so forth, trying to find uh, these postcards. This is well before the Internet age. And uh I, I I always thought that was a, that's a very cool collectible just to collect postcards like that. Because there's a lot of really nice uh game photos and, and Ivy League photos and, and team photos of of uh football from the, you know, nineteen hundreds through the nineteen thirties. Very very interesting uh postcards that are available.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, what do you, so, so what do you a, think? Just, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was no, curious ahead. what you think, because I mean, you know, as I was putting my notes together, I'm like, to me, the only oasis between the barren desert of professional football of the Mayo and the Chickle was the Spalding uh, and the, the, you know, the uh, the star player candy, the the star player candy, you know, prof- professionals, quite a few. I mean, I, I'm guess I I think the football checklist is over 60, but multi-sport. Uh, nationally distributed and then this Spaulding, nationally distributed, but only fifteen cards out of one hundred and twenty six what 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 are your thoughts yeah. on those two that you know they they 're pretty good sets
0: well
1: i i still I still maintain the star player by far and wide i'm very surprised there's not a greater effort by advanced collectors to try to collect it uh, I, i'm surprised there 's not a greater effort by type card collectors like myself to pursue, you know, trying to get four or five of them for their collection and so on and so forth. I think two things impact it. Number one, first and foremost, they're rare. You don't see them. You don't find them. And in a lot of cases, they're cost prohibitive trying to find them. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see going to this national in Atlantic City what and, and I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna try to find dealers and make a count a running count of the dealers I see that have a Beecher all the way to the 35 chickle and everything in between. Hmm. Are are there gonna be any dealers? Uh, you know, again, I know I'll see some mayos. I know I'm confident I'll see some chickles. Will I see a Beecher card? Will I see any of the Michigan postcards? Will I see any of the Shotwells? Will I see any of the star player? Will I see any sport king cards? It's going to be interesting for me to see what I will actually find there and how many dealers have it, and to see how many collectors on the floor are actually pursuing any of that. It's going to be interesting to see, and I and I think if I if, again if I had unlimited funds, I'd be definitely going after the star star player big time. And, um, but again, I don't have unlimited funds. If I could ever come up with a type card from that set, that'd be fine. That'll serve my purpose, uh, and, and that's about it. But, um, you know, yeah, there's some
2: I, college I players I don't, I don't, in there too. So it's not quite all professional football. I mean, the right, SBC right, has some right, college right. players as well, so it's a good mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's a very,
1: it's a classical set for that time frame. It has great players of that era. Uh, it, you couldn't really ask for anything more. But, again, it's, it's, not a well, it's not a well-known set, number one. And, B, it's not an overly collected set, number two. So I think that mm-hmm. has, has it going, going against it. But then, again, I can't see tomorrow, you know, after this show, all of a sudden 500 people are pursuing star player. Cards of any sport, you know what I mean? It's just not going to happen, you know. You know what you're collecting, you know what you like, you know what you're gonna you're gonna keep up with. And like I said, I can see more people trying to just get a type card out of them, and and being done, you know, being done. Say, hey, I got one. I I can see I see what it lo- looks like. I have one in hand, satisfied yeah. with that, and that's it. You know. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
2: And I and I'm still I, kind of, I, I, I'm still. Right. I, I agree with you. The SBC, uh, or excuse me, the, the Spalding, to me, it, you know, because you know, because of the SBC being, you know, pro and college and that, are I, I just, I, I, think that Spalding set is is the one. It's the closest you can come, you know. And it's right. just because right. there aren't any Hall of Famers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So
2: I th- I just I just think.
1: Um, that's the gap. <clears throat> but I also believe very strongly, I still believe this, there's still a lot of postcards out there waiting to be discovered that can actually trace football from 1888 up to 1934 before the Chickles. That's my honest opinion. Yeah. And I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're in private collections. I don't know if they ever going to come to the market. But I'm just kind of surprised, in a way, besides the advanced collectors that we know, why that postcard realm is not more heavily collected than, than it is. It, it's interesting to me to to wonder about it, and it's interesting for me to, you know, again, I think some, some collectors just disregard a postcard, the size of it, they don't want to, you know, it doesn't fit their collection it's not a card blah 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 but at the same time to me the, the postcard is is incredibly historical for that time frame and any postcards that can be found and collected are truly uh historical to say the least and and to me yep. should be very very much collected to say the you know and again i'm i'm still unpacking my stuff i probably only have <laughs> now 20 or 25 postcards from that era and uh, they're mostly Ivy league cards. I, I don't really have a lot of, uh, a non Ivy league postcards because I really never found them. And back in Connecticut, obviously, you know, I, I am doing the East coast cause I went to Maine a lot looking in different antique shops over the years. That was what was prevalent more than anything else. So uh, it's interesting to say the least. I, uh, in the time we were, um, I dug out here my uh Murads that I have and i i i haven't looked at them in a long time i I actually found the box that they were in, but it's interesting I got the cornell i have the uh hmm. harvard i have the uh tufts and I do have the um, um i'm trying to I can't even see it right now. Have to get my magnifying out. I have one more, which is the uh, oh, the North Dakota one. I have, I do have the North Dakota uh, Murad. and I, th- I find that pretty interesting. And I also have a duplicate of the of the North Dakota one, <clears throat> which was in my sale box. So it's pretty interesting to see what I had from there. But that's one thing I always liked them. I liked them because they were. Um, They were very interesting to, to look at, and, yeah. and they're very historical, you know, to say the least. But. All right, yeah. uh, we're winding down, winding down the time here. If you're not a subscriber to Gridiron Grates Magazine, what are you waiting for? What we're starting waiting. to work on our, our new issue, which will be out in April, issue number 76. Got a lot of uh, nice compliments on issue 75. Amazing where the time went, 20 years, yeah. 75 issues. And our, our 70, next issue, number seventy-six, very big, and there's going to be a very, very interesting article <clears throat> written by yourself. Uh, on the, <laughs> uh, I, I won't, I won't disclose it, but a regional football card set, I, and uh, <laughs> great article. Uh, again, I told you before, oh, you. all the, all the years collecting, I never once saw uh, that card. Uh, in person, until I got to a national, and one of the first nationals in Chicago, I actually saw a dealer that had a couple of them. Uh, I did not buy any of them, but I, it was just interesting to see them. So, uh, But I'll keep everybody in, in suspense. Until the Looking issue forward to one. it. Yeah thank,
2: yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Kevin.
1: It was a good, great, article, yeah. great article on a true regional set, and there's so many different <laughs> regional football sets you can, you can collect. Uh, on all the teams, I did find out, and I was I was shocked when I found out, the Packers no longer put out a police set. They stopped in oh. apparently 2019. So their run rent from 1983 to 2019. They did not issue one in 2020 and or 2021 for whatever reason. So uh, I I was kind of floored by that, because that that was one of the the, longest-running police uh, sets. Did the
2: Packers'
1: Packers police set start in
2: 83? Uh, Because I think the Seahawks started in 79, I think. I'd have to look again.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Seattle was 79. There was a lot of sets beginning uh, in 78, 79. That's when they really caught fire. The Packers... First issue was '83. It was a, it was a, more of a hmm. um, oversight set, but uh, I used to enjoy yeah. back in the '80s <coughs> collecting those, and um, I, I just thought they were the, real cool to get a complete team set of a team that I really didn't, I didn't see much of, and something different than other couple cards in the FLIR set and the uh, regular Tops issue. So I always enjoyed them. I had a full run. Okay. Of the chief sets every year, I was trading with the guy nice. uh, in Kansas City who would send me one every year, and I I also traded a lot with Mike Rich over the years for Detroit Lions no, no. cards. He had police
2: sets. Silly, All right. silly question, but why why did the Packers start in '83? I mean, that, you know, just seems odd that the Seahawks would get a jump on you know police sets before the Packers.
1: I think honestly, it was just trying to get the sponsorship for. it. And I think it took them a while to get the actual sponsors because most of the early police sets were sponsored by Qantas clubs, police, uh, police athletic leagues, the PAL leagues, and uh, they had local, um, local uh, oh. sponsors. And for whatever reason, the Packers were just were just late in coming from it, but they ended up being one of the last teams issuing them. And I got to try to research if there were any actual police sets put out in 2020 and, and 2021. So it'll be sure. interesting to see. All right, we're down to two minutes, Joe. Handing off to you. Yeah, pretty. pretty right. very, very good discussion
2: tonight. Yep. Your thoughts. Yep, yep. A couple good auctions that are popping off here pretty quick. Uh, REA is supposed to start today. Love of the game just around the corner. Uh, Al said, uh, Al chris volley has been a guest of the of the show that an advertisers said he's got a really good uh, football selection coming up, which I makes me, you know, twiddle my, twiddle my hands together, like C Montgomery burns. Uh, and then, uh, I believe mile high just opened their auction uh, that, they've been advertising a, you know, uh, you know, T206 Honus Wagner, even this football guy will utter that baseball card, but some really good auctions <laughs> popping up pretty quick. And, uh, I, I love me. Yeah. Uh, I love me auction season as you know, I know. I
1: know. So it'll be interesting to see where where the market heads over the next few weeks, yeah. and what's going to be the the new hot item to collect as far as vintage is concerned. But again, tonight we tried to gap a question that was presented <laughs> to me by a longtime reader of Gridiron Greats, who said, you know, we, you know, I talked with talked with him privately about it over the years, but he, he really wanted a, a little better view of it and an actual discussion of it, so hopefully we provided it tonight with the gaps, what to collect, after you finish your Mayo set and you finish your Chickle set, what can you do in between, Now there's a lot to do, a lot to find, and a lot to collect. All right, well, almost out of time, yep, star player, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Joe, twenty seconds. Final thoughts.
2: Uh, uh Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, The Tale of Two Cities, Captain. I guess time will tell. We'll it. we'll know in about uh two years.
1: <laughs> we'll probably know it
2: uh next February. Whoever's in the Super Bowl. I would I would laugh <laughs> my
1: head. I'll laugh my head That's off if it's Denver and Bay. That's all I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're out of time